0: Welcome to this episode of CEO on the go. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know I've used the term bold when I'm describing the bold new reality docu series that I'm a part of. It's called Four Days to Save the World. It was originally called the Social Movement. We just finished up some filming um, a few weeks ago in Miami, so I think that that's why the theme of being bold is top of mind right now. And I wanted to give you a quick update on that before I share a few thoughts for today. Just a- an update about the show. So you may know I originally committed to being on the show last year when they reached out to me in the middle of the pandemic. The show brings together CEOs, entrepreneurs, business owners, and philanthropists to create a viable business to solve impossible world problems and to do it in just four days. So that's kind of a bold idea, don't you think? The teams were comprised of 10 people, So there were 10 teams, 10 people on each team working on a major social problem. My team worked on the issue of reinventing the educational system which is a strong passion of mine. And I just learned that that episode with my team, my amazing team, I have to add, will air this fall. The original show premieres on Labor Day, and my team will be featured sometime between then and mid-October. So we're looking at early September to mid-October. There'll be five initial episodes. One is released each week. And in case you want to know where you can find it, the series is expected to be distributed on H2h network that stands for Human to Human, a new network, Apple TV, Xbox, Roku, Amazon, and Google Play. So that's the scoop on that for now. Make sure that you're connecting with me on LinkedIn to keep up to date on any specific announcements and you can also follow the hashtag uh, Four Days to Save the World. So Okay, back to being bold. <laughs> I'm continuing to build on the theme of power that I started a couple of episodes ago. Um, those episodes focused on the importance of building strength and power especially in situations when you may not be feeling your most powerful self. One episode was called How to Respond When You're Caught Off Guard that touched on what you can do when you feel like you're blindsided or undermined or there's some unexpected negative news, essentially when you feel like your power is threatened or even taken away. Then I went a little deeper on on a different episode on that topic with my special guest expert, Tiziana Cacharo. Um, And that episode was called Demystifying the True Power Dynamics in Your Business Relationships. She had some really helpful insights and strategies on how to build or reclaim your own power. It's not about force. You know, it's about influence. But I do think there are times when being bold counts. And so I reflected on a few times in my own life where I think I was being bold And ironically, at the time, didn't even realize it times when it helped me influence in ways that I needed to, in order to help get the result that was needed or to create that important impact. Boldness doesn't necessarily mean being forceful or dominating. In fact, the definition of bold has to do with a person, action or idea, showing an ability to take risks to be confident and courageous. So a couple of flashbacks from my own experience that I thought might be helpful to share in some way. Um, The first is a number of years ago, I received an RFP, that's request for proposal, from a large prestigious professional services firm. And now as a standard rule, I typically don't respond to RFPs. It's just not a process that I choose to get involved with for a lot of reasons. One of the most important is that my business is relationship driven. And when I receive RFPs from people or organizations where I've had no conversation or introduction, I can't build relationships. But in this case, I'd been doing just a little business with this firm, just not with the people who were involved in this uh, decision-making process on these issues. And so when I read through the RFP, it was obvious to me that the company was not clear on their problem and what they needed, even though they had provided a lot of details and requests and requirements it was really confusing to me. It didn't have the clarity that I thought that it needed to. So they agreed to have me be considered in the running with a number of other consulting firms that they were considering, because I'd been doing some work for them in the past. And I said, I'd be glad to come, you know, try to to have a conversation with the directors to truly understand what the issues were. So I caught a flight, uh, got to their beautiful office, I brought in a laptop, which I don't think I ever even opened. Uh, If I can recall correctly, there were probably 10 to 12 directors uh, in in this boardroom. We did some quick introductions, and I began asking questions to try to get the clarity that I thought that I needed and that they probably needed too. You know, why were these issues happening? What what was it that was driving their interest in bringing in an outside consultant? Um, You know, all kinds of questions. And so I I think we accomplished what we needed to. Um, And after that meeting, one of the directors pulled me aside and he said, Gail, that was a very different, unexpected kind of meeting. And I said, It was. And he said, You didn't do a dog and pony show. He said, Every other consulting firm did a formal presentation with a pitch. And I said, Well, How can I do a pitch when your issues weren't clear? (laughs) And so long story short, I won the business, and I'm still working with this firm over 15 years later. I think the lesson here is to be willing to do what you think is right, even if it doesn't look right or normal or expected to other people, And, and to be willing to break the status quo, to stay true to what you think is the right way for you, and be willing to walk away if it's not. Again, I knew that I only wanted to work with organizations where I can have some kind of initial conversation to help identify or truly understand the problems first. And so in retrospect, I realized that that was kind of bold for me to do, to to not do a presentation. So another flashback. This time I was asked to give a keynote at Microsoft years ago, I remember they were going through many changes at the time, there were about 500 people in the audience, they were looking for a speaker who could help get them to think uh, differently about the future, send them off on a high note, and you know, to close out that conference, I think it was like a two or three day conference. And I thought as I was preparing, I bet those people have been sitting through an agonizing amount of PowerPoint slides for a couple of days, you know, the the bullet point slides where people are just reading through them. And I don't want to put people through that. I just like to deliver a powerful message. So in the planning process, and, and there was quite a planning process because they are Microsoft. We had many planning sessions to make sure everyone was on the same page and that we were really planning the event in the best way. One person on the planning team said, Gail, send us your deck. And I said, oh, oh, no need. I won't be using a deck. No PowerPoint for me. They seemed stunned. <laughs> After all, they are Microsoft and they created PowerPoint. Oh, yeah, I I hadn't really thought about that. At the time, I was just thinking about the people and how I thought I could make my impact in the best way. So what I agreed to do instead was to take the logo for their event. And with their permission, transformed it a bit to create a more dynamic image to symbolically represent the concept of transformation, to use that newly designed image as a backdrop for my keynote. So it was a very creative idea that they seemed to appreciate and and it was different and surprising, but impactful. So again, looking back, it's kind of bold to tell Microsoft that you won't be using Microsoft PowerPoint, but you have to stay true to what you believe works best and to take the risk to do it. And so I just want to make clear at this point, I'm not anti-PowerPoint. I do think that there are very effective ways to use it, but in that scenario, at that time, in that moment... I just needed to do things in the way that I thought would be most effective. So what are some ways in which you might be more bold when you have something important at stake? Maybe there's somebody that you need to speak with that you really haven't had the conversation with that you know that you need to, or maybe there's some common beliefs that you need to challenge that you haven't done. What might you do that's a bit surprising and not for the sake of shocking anyone, but just to know that maybe there's something that you, you've had in the back of your mind, an idea that you want to try that would be a little bit different. What might you be willing to walk away from? and what areas of your leadership do you need to be more confident and courageous? You know, I hear some clients say I'm confident when I speak to my peers, but when I have to talk to this specific group or when I talk to the CEO, I'm just not as confident. What do you care about that you haven't been speaking up enough about? Where have you been holding back and why? And here's one of the most important questions to to address. How will I respond if what I do or try doesn't work? Can I be okay with that? You know, and those two examples, I shared good outcomes from those, but I've had a number of other opportunities where I've been bold, again, often not realizing it when things haven't worked out the way that I want, but I'm still glad that I did things in the way that felt true to me. And sometimes it did take me a while to be okay with that. Bold is a relative idea. What seems bold to one person may seem normal to someone else. But I I think we're seeing evidence of being bold all around us now that we would all agree on. Like when you look at the Olympians, they're training with a singular focus and they're competing under extreme pressure. They are bold athletes. And when you look at people, civilians traveling in space, taking unusual risks in pursuit of their dreams. They are bold. So just just kind of look at what's happening around us now in our world. One last thought is being bold doesn't mean being loud or even standing out necessarily. If you're on the quiet side, like I am, you can still be doing bold things for fun or under the radar, or for bigger purposes. If you're already feeling bold, great. Hopefully this episode has been reinforcing. Uh, but if you feel like you could move the needle a bit, I encourage you to do that and to see what that can do for you as well as for those that you serve. Being a little more bold will help you in your personal life and your leadership growth. So thanks for listening. Until next time, be a little more bold. Talk soon. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, feel free to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn or visit workmatters.com. You might also want to check out the Social Movement TV show, a bold new docuseries that brings together entrepreneurs from all over the world to solve impossible world problems. I'll be featured in season two, and you can learn more by visiting workmatters.com forward slash social movement. Until next time, keep growing as a leader and doing the work that matters to you.